Hey y'all, welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, y'all, today's episode is a really great conversation with my guest, Katie Reed. Katie is a devoted wife and mom to five loud and wonderful kids. She is an Enneagram 1 Wing 2, a fan of musicals, and Cut to the Chase Conversations, my kind of girl. Katie is a national speaker, the author of Made Like Martha, Good News for the Woman Who Gets Things Done, a songwriter, and the co-host of the live show Stop Hammock Time. Katie and I are about to embark on an incredible conversation about being a doer and what that means in the kingdom of Christ. She is full of tangible wisdom and guidance for women who are made like Martha, and y'all, it is so good. Katie, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Blake. I've been looking forward to this. I'm so excited. Uh, So I just told our listeners a little bit about you, but I wanted to give you the chance to tell them a little bit more about yourself and then also to tell us about your book, Made Like Martha, which is on my list read. It actually should be in the mail because, hello, I am such a Martha. Well, yeah, thanks so much for having me. I am totally a Martha, firstborn girl. I have three siblings. Um, My husband and I have five kids, loud and wonderful kids. Um, He's a pastor. I used to be a special ed teacher. My brother has Down syndrome, and so I just had a passion for that. Um, Did that before we had kids. Now I I always say like pseudo homeschool them. I do homeschool them, but they go to an academy a couple days a week. We have a co-op, and then my oldest went to public school for the first time this fall. So we are navigating lots of different schedules, but um, I'm also a writer, speaker, songwriter. My husband and I have a live show we do called Stop Hammock Time. And in the nice, when it's nice, we sit in our hammock and talk about lots of things, typically about marriage, but we throw other weird quirky things in there. (laughs) But then in the winter, we live in Michigan, So it's cold, like, you know, half the year we sit in front of our fire and call them fireside chat. So we have a lot of fun. I love that. That's so fun that you all get to do that together. It is fun. And, you know, it's right in the middle of the week. We do it Wednesday night. And usually, like, we're kind of grouchy and worn out (laughs) by that time. And so it's just a good time for us to sit and, like, connect with each other. And then we get to connect with other people, too. So it's fun. Oh, my gosh. I love that. So tell us about your book. So yeah, Made Like Martha, good news for the woman who gets things done. You know, oh my the, gosh. if you don't know the story of Mary Martha from the Bible, it's in Luke 10, 38 through 42. And basically Jesus and I think his buddies, disciples are coming over to Martha's home. And um, 
she's busily getting ready for company. And um, her sister Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. And Martha wants some help. Like, have you ever been there? You know, like, <laughs> we just had Thanksgiving not too long ago. So it's like, you know, sometimes you're in the kitchen just getting things ready. And everyone else is watching the dog show or you know, football. And you're just like, can I get some help in here, please? please? Somebody come pick hard up not a dish. To be, It's hard not to be resentful, right? Uh-huh. So Martha says to Jesus, you know, hey tell my sister to help me. And I so want him to say, <laughs> of course, get up, Martha, get off your duff and go help your sister. But that's not what he says. He tells Martha, Hey, Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted about many things, but one thing's necessary. Now, if he would have just stopped there, that would have already been hard to swallow. But then he says, your sister, Mary has chosen the better part, uh-huh. you know? And this passage, like I believe the Bible is true, of course, but it's kind of like when I watch Lion King and I don't want, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, Mufasa <laughs> to die. Right. He, he dies every time. Right? right. Every time when I read this passage, Jesus tells Martha, <laughs> you know, Mary's <laughs> chosen the better thing. But I wanted to take a closer look because I so related to Martha mm-hmm. and I I want to look at, is there more going on here or have we added more than like was actually going on? Yeah. And I, I think that's what happened. You know, yes, Jesus pointed out to Martha that she was worried and distracted. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't want us to live that way, mm-hmm. to, you know, be stressed out all the time. But he didn't say that something was wrong with her whole being, right? Yeah. He pointed out one thing she needed to work on, but he wasn't criticizing the totality of who she was. And for so long... I thought there was something wrong with me because I was made like Martha. Mm. And so I wanted to look at that, take a relook at it and just say, you know what? I think we've added to this more than what was going on. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Because I mean, for me and my Sunday school upbringing, Martha got a bad rap. Right. She it's like really you didn't did. want to raise your hand and say you were like her. I no. wanted to be like Mary, right? And- right. And I want to be like Mary. And have obviously taken, you know, hopefully taken steps to be more restful and sit at his feet. But that is not my natural state of being. I think a lot of us who identify more with Martha, we're more of a doer, more of a project people, to-do list kind of gals. It's like, um, I think sometimes we've tried to shed the skin of our efficiency Mm. because we've taken it to be like it's sinful. Yes. Right. And of course we want to connect with the Lord. And of course there's a time for rest. There's a time for being quiet before the Lord. But I used to feel guilty for being a person that was on the go and did all these things because it felt less spiritual. Mm. And what we take a look at in the book is further on in scripture, there's this beautiful passage where Lazarus um, has been raised from the dead and he's now reclining near Jesus. Um, And then you see, and then Mary's getting ready to pour, you know, this lavish offering to the Lord, but it says Martha served. Mm. And so I really believe that all these siblings are worshiping the Lord. In their own way. In their own way. Because he doesn't correct Martha again and say, Martha, Martha, the serving wasn't the issue, right? It was maybe her attitude or her posture while she was serving that he was pointing out that she didn't have to serve from this place of angst or striving or fret or stress, that she could do it from a place of settledness and peace. And I even proposed, I'm not sure he was even inviting her to sit physically at that moment, mm. because unless he was going to, you know, multiply loaves and fishes again, or unless, 
or unless they were going to fast. Right. right? They had to eat. They had to eat. And and they like to eat. We see Jesus and disciples like they eat, you know. And so um, I just think he was inviting her to that peace on the inside, that soul rest. Um, And that when we realize like being a doer is not like a dirty word. That's not a bad thing. We start to serve from this place of being his daughter versus being the, a slave, or as I call it, the hired help mentality. Mm-hmm. Kind of like it's all up to me to keep the you know world spinning, and really, that's us trying to act like the savior, right? right. I mean, us Marthas, we do have some things to work on, but you know what? Yeah. If you relate to Mary, Mary has some things to work on too, right? right. None right. of them are perfect. Christ is perfect, and perfection isn't up to us Mm -hmm. it's in him and we believe in him by faith he resides in us that perfection resides in us doesn't mean we are perfect it means the perfect one came to cover our sins remove our sins and to um save us and bring us back to a restored relationship with the Lord. It wasn't because we did, you know, 99 things on our to-do list, right? Thank the Lord. <laughs> right. It wasn't something we could earn, but right. for so long, that's how I lived. I lived like, I've got to do all these things to keep God happy. If I don't do it, he's going to be mad. And I really missed the message of grace, which yes. is grace is a gift mm-hmm. to be received, not a prize to be earned. And for doers like us, Blake, that can be hard to just receive something, can't oh, it? Oh my gosh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you're really like you're taking this story and just flipping it on its head. I mean, for me, I mean, the whole thing, reminding us that God loves her just as much as He loves Mary. That He created Martha the way that He did, just as much as He created Mary the way that she is. And you're sharing this story that some of us are just wired as Martha's. Some of us are just wired as doers, and I really had never thought of it that way. And I love right. it. Can you share a little bit about what you've found God's heart is for his daughter, daughters as doers? Well, I think kind of going back to what I was saying is that I realized, yes, he made me this way, but I have this choice of how I can walk that out, right? Mm-hmm. I can walk it out like this like an orphan or the hired help or a slave and be like, I've got to do all these things. I've got to be perfect. I, you know, I can't do anything wrong. We're probably going to get into this because what I know of you is you like the Enneagram and I do too. Oh yes. (laughs) And I am a one, which is Mm -hmm. the perfectionist. And I have a two wing, which is the helper. My hunch is that Martha probably was a one with a two wing or two with a one wing mm-hmm. as well. Yes. Interesting because as I'm writing this book, I was lear- I was listening to the road back to you and I was learning more about these personality types. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, I am writing this book about freedom, but I'm doing, trying to do it perfectly. Oh my you know, gosh. Yes. Yes. Like and anyway, but I just think in my mind, it's like, I wanted everything like I've got to do it all right. I've got to say the right things. I don't want to make a mistake. That was kind of the lens through which I see the world. Mm -hmm. And so if someone like when Jesus corrected Martha, I believe he did it in love for so long. I heard it like Martha, Martha, get it together. You know, right, right. I think it was with tenderness. Right. I mean, that's that's when that's so rarely Jesus's heart for his children, you know, but we hear it that way. When right. I, know, I mean, exactly what you're saying. It's what his what he's really saying is like, sweet girl, 
Like you're all stressed out and you don't have to be, you know? Right. Yes. And I think too, when you're, you aim to please, you're a doer. Sometimes when you get, you already do so much. And so sometimes I think when we get that criticism, it's like for me, the last straw, because I constantly have this inner critic already that's telling me everything I'm doing wrong. So when someone else says something, it's just like I crumble, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I picture Martha like this too, where she's like, oh my goodness, like I have planned, you know, this lavish spread, the best hummus in town. I've slaved (laughs) over it, you know, and then to be pointed out, not only did Jesus not say, you know, Mary, get up and help her. He's like, pointed out something she needed to work on. And this probably was maybe a little hard to take. I am, you know, inferring, I don't know, would be for me. Absolutely. But saying it out of love, just like, you know, if you have kids, it's like, you don't want them to do things because you care so much, not because you're just trying to, you know, make life lame for them. Right. Right. But here's the other thing that God showed me is that even those times where I still do things like this hired help, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm still like stressed out or doing all these things, he reminds me like he still loves me. Mm. Like just because I do things with the wrong motivation doesn't affect how he feels about me. And oh that was gosh. huge for me. Like, yes, if I don't have quiet time, I'm still just as loved as ever. Right. Yes. If I a three hour quiet time, still loved just as ever. Like the, his love was settled on the cross not based on like, you know, my time of the month and how I'm doing with my emotions or that kind of That is so profound that like my motivations don't affect the way he feels about me. Because I think that even a lot of the time, probably subconsciously, we do that, that I'm serving and I'm here, but I know what my heart is about it. And God knows what my heart is about it. And so he's probably a little grossed out. He's probably a little disappointed. And like, we just, I feel like we time after time humanize him and, and insist upon making him capable of human emotions. And he's just, that's just not the way that he loves us ever. Right. Right. That's well, and it's unconditional. And what I think is, at least for me, I don't love myself unconditionally. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, or other people, right? right? And right. so I project how I feel about myself as if that's how he feels. And of course he wants the best for us. Of course he wants us to do things with pure motives, right? But even when we don't, it's not like a done deal. Like, right. well, I better not do this thing because I have mixed motives. If I waited till I had pure motives for everything... I would do nothing. Absolutely. You for <laughs> you know? sure wouldn't have a book written. That's right. That's- <laughs> I think that a lot of us who are doers or Marthas, like we're talking about, struggle with it. We struggle with feeling like too much. We get lumped in with these words like hustler or go-getter that sometimes have negative connotations. And you're out here giving those women not only permission, but redemption in who they are, as well as guidance on how to serve Christ in our Marthaness, which I obviously am, again, obsessed with. Um, but what are some ways that Marthas you've found can serve God like maybe nobody else? Well, I think people have different energy levels, right? A lot of people are dealing with 
chronic illness in this day and age. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to speak to them for a moment is that there's a part that I share in the book about my friend named Rachel and she has to sleep, well, rest 19 to 20 hours a day to be able to get, do like four to five hours of activity. But she is a doer. She Mm. is a Martha. And so you can imagine this struggle she has of like, I want to get all this done, but I can't. And so she has this quote that I think is so freeing to people. And she says, you know, God doesn't require me to serve with the strength I wish I have. I had, he requires me to serve him with the strength he's given me. Wow. And so, yes, God can give us supernatural strength, but he is not expecting us to be a robot or a machine or Wonder Woman, right? right? Right. He knows we're frail and we're human, but I do think among us doers, people have different capacities for getting things done. I know this woman I'm thinking of, she's like the Energizer Bunny. She can just <laughs> go, 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 go. I'm a doer, but I'm more of like a creative doer. Mm. So I actually sit a lot during the day. I sometimes take naps, but mentally I'm expending a lot of energy. So I yeah. think first to say it can look a lot of different ways. But I think, you know, Martha's, they're responsible they're dedicated. They usually have an eye for detail. Like they want to make sure all the boxes are checked and that can be a really good thing. You know, on the other hand though, if we're all Martha's, we're going to burn ourselves out. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But if we're all like Mary, maybe there's some things that aren't going to get done, but we're gonna have great conversations. We're gonna have a great time. Yes. But I think, um, in each of us, like we all have Martha and Mary Absolutely, right? yeah. in different ways. It's not like, oh, there's only one type or there's only another. But, you know, Martha's do. They get things done, Yes, you know? Yes, and, and so- it's so true what you were just saying about Mary versus Martha. Like I think about my friends that are Marys and I learn so much from them. And they force me to sit down and rest. And they... I mean, I think that if it was up to Martha's a lot of the time, and I totally agree with you that we have a little bit of each, but I think we probably have a dominant leaning. If it was up to Martha's, like there wouldn't be a whole lot of intentionality. There wouldn't be a whole lot of like really great conversation or communication or connection. That is not a strong suit of mine. Getting stuff done. Yes. All day. But the Mary's in my life, the, the twos and the sixes and the, the nines in my life, they bring so much. And I tell them that all the time. Two of my best friends are nines and I, my life is so much better for them because Mm. yes, you can count on me to get stuff done, but you can't, you can't count on me to dig in on the intentional stuff, at least not to initiate it. Right. And that's, that's so true that like, yes, there are ways that, that both types their strengths, when we put them all together, are the perfect way to serve Christ. Right. And that's how God designed it, right? Mm-hmm. He, we all have different parts of the body that work together. And, you know, thank goodness for my Mary friends that will pray with me, that listen to me. You know, thank goodness for them. Like, my life is better because of them. And I'm also thankful for my married types that like will help me come clean my fridge and right. do just the nitty gritty, get it done type of stuff, you yes. know, and it's like we're stronger and better together. But I think it's interesting. I've had some friends that are like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to read your book because I'm more like Mary. And I mm-hmm. said, hey, 
I totally get it. But a lot of people that are Marys that are reading it, for one, are finding some of the Martha in them. I mean, uh-huh. we talk about worry, which that's something, whether you're more like Mary or Martha, you're going to face in your life. But the other thing they've been saying is that it's helping them understand the Marthas in their yes. life. Because if you're on the other end of it, you can just feel like, don't you ever rest? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes my husband's like, would you just sit down like and do nothing? <laughs> well, when I sit down with him, I fall asleep right. because I'm, right. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, you know, helping people understand like there's more going on. And, you know, when you're a strong type A, get it done type of person, I don't think sometimes that people realize like how much we do want to be on the receiving end sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like just like with Martha asking, you know, her, her sister or Jesus to ask her sister to help her. You know, it's like we don't want to be the Lone Rangers. Right. And sometimes we bring that on ourselves. Yeah, but. Um, you know, I think we're more tender than people realize. Oh, and sometimes absolutely. we just want someone to say, how are you really doing? Oh, because it gosh. looks like you're managing all these things. And um, you don't you seem know? like you need somebody to check in on you. And a lot of the time, those are the people that need it the most. And I think what's interesting is that how often do we struggle to accept which one we are? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's okay to be a Martha. It is okay to be a Mary. I think that we look at each other and we see these characteristics looking back at us and we want them. I look at my nine friends and I sometimes, and less so now because I am a lot more secure in my identity in Christ and that he has created me the way that I am. But I think that sometimes I wish I was more calm. I wish I was more quiet. I wish I was more of a, of a servant hearted servant role type and I know that there I have had conversations with friends who are that type that have the same exact emotions thrown right back in the other direction of I wish I was more bold I wish I was more outspoken I wish I was more in front whatever and the gosh if we would just step into who God made us right if Absolutely. we would just step into stop looking side to side and put your eyes on the one that made you the way that you are and man, stand in that, if we were all like functioning out of our gifts, gosh, I feel like the world would be so much better. Absolutely. Well, and I love in scripture how it says Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Yes. Here you've got three different people, three different siblings, three different personality types. And he loves them. He didn't say, oh, you know, I loved Martha and Mary more because she was sitting down or, right. you know. All those things, it's like it it just kind of silenced some of the lies that we've accepted, you know? And in that realm, I honestly, I sometimes feel less spiritual than my less doer friends. I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to figure out how to marry this go, go, go personality with Christ-like rest, which has really been what 2018 has been all about, is just figuring out how to find a middle ground. Um, But do you, like, as the... As the resident authority on Martha is <laughs> right now, you are the resident authority right now. Do you have pointers for people who are trying to figure out how to kind of be both? Well, here's the thing. We talk about this in one of the chapters. I believe it's chapter seven, kind of the middle ground between striving and slowing. Mm. Because right now you have one camp that's like hustle, hustle, rush, 
you can do anything. I mean, there's opportunities for women like never before, which is super exciting. Yes. But that doesn't mean we have to take every opportunity. As you and I were talking before the show, I would love to start a podcast someday, but I'm trying to discern, is this the right time? You know, I've got some writing projects and like, I so loved what you said. You're just like, listen, you've done all these things. It's totally fine if it's not time to do that. Right. But it's, not trying to do everything. So you've got this one like, go, go, go. But then you've got this other camp that's saying, slow, savor, be present, you know, say no to everything you can, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's like, there's got to be a middle ground, right? I call yes. it moderation for the modern day w- woman of like, I think there's a middle ground here. Like, yes, we want to say yes to God's assignments, mm-hmm, right? Even right. if they're uncomfortable, even if they're hard. Mm-hmm. But we want to say no to guilt and manipulation too. Like if I'm, I mean, God might call me to a season of rest, but lately like I've been a little stir crazy because there hasn't been a lot going on. And like, that is not my best. <laughs> my I'm not my best. Yeah, yeah. I am that way. But then there's also, I can also wear myself out trying mm-hmm. to prove my worth, mm-hmm. which that's not healthy either. And so I think it comes back to an individual relationship with the Lord of like, okay, God, you are in charge. You're in charge of me. I trust you. Would you help me know when to say yes mm. and when to say no? And I think the biggest thing for doers like us, Blake, is when to say help. Ooh. I think that's the hardest one because for us, sometimes delegation can, we can view it as weak, mm-hmm. but it's actually so wise, right? Yes. Because if I'm doing things, you know, if I do stuff for my kids constantly, when will they learn to do it? Yeah. Right? Oh. Like, I don't <laughs> want, if, if they get married someday, I don't want their spouses saying, why didn't your mom make you do X, Y, Z, right? <laughs> and we want to get out of the way so other people can grow. Yes. So we're not the only one in the kitchen on Thanksgiving, right? That right. we want to I think for us, what we also have to realize as we allow and ask other people to help, they might not do it like we do. <laughs> and it's okay. That right? is so okay. Do it like 60 to 80% capacity. Let's just <laughs> not and say thank you. Right? Because yes. some standards are sky high, yes. even for ourselves. Oh my gosh, I feel like you just preached right into my soul. Like I literally needed all of that. That because there are there are these two camps vying for our loyalty and i don't feel like i feel like people are starting to try to find that middle ground camp but it's it's not established yet that middle ground camp of of hustling from a place of rest of working from a place of rest it's not quite established yet and you know that's a if not me then who situation where we have to be the ones making it happen but it's hard it's hard having that drive and desire and capability and capacity and linking it back to rest and linking it back to saying no to some things because when you feel like you are capable you're like well I can't say no because I'm I can do this I can do this but should I right yeah I can but should I well, and I think too, just realizing also just making room for other people. Like if I, I say that. yes to everything, you know, like I always joke, like there's a lot of things I do. Sometimes it's embarrassing to say all the things I do. Like, uh-huh. like are you trying to compensate for something? You know? <laughs> but 
I decided a while ago I wasn't going to be the cake decorator. Like I would Mm. love to make great cakes. Okay. Uh And like, but something gets lost in execution. Like in my head, it looks great. It doesn't turn out well. I'm not patient enough. I frost it before it's done. So I decided I need to not be a cake decorator. Like I'm taking that hat off. Okay. So my daughter actually is a great baker. My sister-in-law, a great baker. And hey, our local grocery store makes great cake. (laughs) Yes. even though that's something I might want to do or whatever, I don't have to do that. Yes. And it's giving okay. other people space to like yes. step in on their, their strengths, on their capabilities. I just went through a season this last summer of having to ask for a lot of help because I kind of crashed and burned. And it really, it was exactly what you're saying, where it was a season of realizing how, like, and this is going to sound terrible, but like how good other people are at things. Right. Like that sounds terrible. But right. like I I had to like ask for I mean literally if you can ask for help for it in your life, I was asking for it. And even looking at my husband and being like, You're really good at X, Y, and Z and I wouldn't have known because I don't let you do it. Right. Because I can handle that. I mean cake decorating, a hundred percent. My four year old's first two birthday cakes were a monstrosity because I tried to do it. And after the second one I was like, you know what? I'm real done with this. Right. I'm real done with this. I think a lot of us are trying to be like every woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like every woman rolled into one. And it's like, that's not how God designed it, right? No. He designed it that we'd be in community, that we would need each other. And sometimes, like you said, just because you can doesn't mean you have the bandwidth in that season for that thing. Maybe it's something you've always done, but now that you're doing a podcast and now that you have more clients for your, you know, design stuff, it's like maybe something you has know, to get passed off or not don't do it anymore. Yeah. You know, I absolutely. Mean, okay. Our kids would be sad if we stopped, you know, giving them any birthday cakes, but right. You know what I'm but letting somebody else do that, do that. I mean, that sounds, it sounds small and it sounds trivial, but I think that it's, it's indicative of a larger mentality of like, I don't have to make the perfect birthday cake for my child because somebody else can. Sometimes I, it's hard to figure out what I'm supposed to pass on because I feel like I could do it. And, And it's kind of exactly what you're saying of just letting Christ step into that space and, and guide me on what he has for me with the season. You and I were talking before we started recording about this podcast felt like the natural next step for Mm -hmm. me and for my ministry. It, it doesn't feel I've been, you know, working on it for two months now. It doesn't feel like too much work. It doesn't feel like it's taking away from other things. So that's good. But there are areas of ministry that I have stepped into that it instantly was like, mm, I'm not supposed to fill this gap. I'm not supposed right. to fill this space. Um, and I think it's just being conscious of sometimes you can pass on a good thing. Yes. Which is and hard. those are the hard things. <laughs> right. Those are the hard things, right? When it's something we don't want to do or whatever, it's much easier to say no to those things. But when it's something we enjoy, when it's something you know good, like I used to have a small photography business, but when mm-hmm. I knew I was going to write a book, it's like there's no way. Like I cannot stretch myself this thin. And one of my friends who was doing some photography, like their business has taken off. And they're doing awesome. So I love to refer people yes. to them. Like, go, they are way better than I yeah. ever. Like, and they're running in that lane. And it's a beautiful thing. And I just think as women these days, like, again, 
so many opportunities, but some of us are just burning ourselves out because we're just trying to grab everything like the sky's the limit. Let's, you know, do this, 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 this. And then we're suffocating under it. Or like you were talking about, and I've experienced lately is this burnout Mm -hmm. of, whoa, I was going too hard for too long. And now I just feel, you know, like a numb zombie. You know, it's like, that's not good either. So I think you're right. I think people are trying to find this middle ground. And I firmly believe it's by having a relationship with Christ mm-hmm. and letting him help you, his Holy Spirit help you discern. You're not Absolutely. always going to get it right, but like he's really smart. Right? <laughs> he's and real good at this. He's real good at it yeah. and can help you just navigate those waters. A question that I ask myself in that season that I just started doing recently is at what cost? Mm. So what is this going to cost me? Because everything costs something. Right. Is, and I I mean, before I started the podcast, what is my podcast going to cost me? And honestly, it costs me, it's eaten, what I've allowed it to do is eat into my design business a little bit. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Magnolia Inc. has grown to a point that that's okay. But signing on for a volunteer position at my church right now, at what cost? It's it's going to be, like, say it's going to be a nighttime thing. Well, that's one more night away from my family that I'm not willing to sacrifice. Yeah. So that's uh, that's been really helpful for me in that kind of allowing this. That's, I think, something the Spirit has given me to help guide me in what is what he has for me is at what cost. Right. And here's where this gets tricky because I've been thinking about this lately. I have this opportunity that is a great opportunity, but it is going to cost. And so then what it comes down to is what is God saying? Because sometimes he asks us to do things that are going to cost us a lot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, but other times he can use that to help us see, because like, I'll say yes to someone like, oh yeah, I'll write a, a guest post for you. Well, then six hours later, when I'm banging my head against the computer, because I'm like, oh, yes, I forgot what this yes meant, you know? And so I think, like you said, realistically looking at, okay, if I do this, either, you know, what is going to give or what am I going to let go or what am I going to have to say no to? You know, when I wrote Made Like Martha, it was like there was softball games I couldn't go to. There was baby showers I couldn't go to. And those were really hard no's. Right. Because I, I like people and right. I like encouraging people, but it it wasn't going to get done, you know. Absolutely. The big yes wasn't get done if I kept. Now, there were times where I just need to put it down, go do something else. But um, I think thinking through our yeses and what all of that means is so helpful. Yeah. And I think I absolutely agree with you that like he's going to ask us to do things like I'm a big proponent of like God asks us to do hard things and he's going to ask us to do things that cost us. But I think asking yourself that question and being honest with yourself about the answer mm-hmm. for me in this season, one more night away from my family, like isn't what God has for my family. Right. And that season of writing a book, a hundred percent, because the fruit of it is a book that is a ministry that touches people, that changes people's lives. One hundred percent. So I think I completely agree. So we have come to the end of the show where we do our fun rapid fire questions, which really means we just talk about the Enneagram for a little while. Um, <laughs> so what is your you're a one with a two wing? Yes. And yes. I am an eight. 
What is your favorite thing about being a one? Huh. I think being able to, it can be a good thing and a bad thing, I guess, but mm-hmm. seeing what can be improved. Mm. Like, I mean, I can walk into something and just see like, this could make this better. Now you can imagine that can be hard, <laughs> that can be hard to live with, but I think it's like a mindset to see like, this is great, but like, if we just tweak this, it can take it to the next level. So it's something I love and don't love at the same time. It can be burdensome at times, but I think it also can help things become excellent. That is actually one of my favorite things about the Enneagram is that I feel like it takes these things that we would naturally see as flaws and can turn them into strengths. So Mm -hmm. I think without the viewfinder of the Enneagram, it'd be really easy to look at that as like a strength in your personality type. And instead of seeing it as a strength, seeing it as just being overly critical or just like everything, nothing's ever good enough. But, and I'm not saying that just the Enneagram taught you to see it that way, but I think that it does a lot of the time help us see, no, wait, this is a strength. Like for eights, eights are bulldozers. Eights are get it done whatever way I need to. And I've always struggled with that about myself. But one of the things that the Enneagram has taught me about it is that I I can use that bulldozing capability to throw somebody on my back and get them where they need to go. Right. That's great. If they have a dream, if they have a goal, if they have something they want to get done and they really do, really are about it, I'm like, all right, let's go. I got you. Like, I will block, I will tackle, I will get you where you need to go. And I think it's just so redemptive, and I love that. Yes. Yes. Um, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? I love musicals. Oh I love gosh. a good musical. The, me I mean, too. the Hamilton soundtrack, I'm just starting to get a tiny bit tired of it, but not really. <laughs> yes. And... I just, my husband deer hunts, so he was up deer hunting, and we watched White Christmas on Netflix, and my boys were like, really, mom? (laughs) Like, but I just loved it, you know, just the song, the dance, that, you know, belting things at the top of my lungs. Yes. Okay, so my, like, answer to that question is I have a YouTube playlist that's called Out of a Funk, and it's literally (laughs) all my favorite musical numbers. I love it. So what's one of your favorites, Blake? Like your favorite. I'm real into Dear Evan Hansen right now. Uh Have you dove into that? I just got into it. I've dipped my toe. I've dipped my toe into it. So that, but then like Lim is always wicked, Uh always. Uh And I also love the old like seven brides for seven brothers. (laughs) Annie, get your gun. Kiss me, Kate. All of that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, yes. I grew up on musicals. I come from like a very theater-based family, so we grew up watching all of that, and it's the best. When I find somebody else that loves Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, it's like we're forever tethered together because nobody knows what it is. <laughs> well, we showed that to my kids probably about three years ago. They were horrified, and the <laughs> you know the, when the brothers come and like kidnap the women right. oh yeah like, it's a terrible story right and one <laughs> acts like a cat like meow meow and like they get them to come out and then they throw them over their shoulder oh yeah i'm like okay kids this is not what you should do i have instant regret okay 
<laughs> I know. I remember the first, like, uh, the Sobbin' Women song. I love it. I love it. I know every word. But then you think about it and you're like, well, this is, this is terrible. This is Not a political song. Correct. Oh, completely <laughs> politically incorrect. <laughs> what is the last thing you watched on TV? Um, well, White Christmas on yes. Netflix. But no, after that, This Is Us. I got caught up on This oh, Is Us. Dang it. So that's one that I won't watch. I, I don't know like... people that won't. Yeah. Well, it's a very, again, it's a very eight thing of me. It's going to make me feel feelings and I am just not here for that. So I'm just avoiding it. But yes, yeah, see, I, you know, I lean towards seven in health and mm-hmm. four in stress, you know, and I can real tune into that melancholy side. Yes. And just love the good cry and, and whatnot. And I we adopt it as well. So like oh the, that gosh. whole storyline just, yeah. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. Thank you so much for coming on. I feel like this episode was packed with so much wisdom that, I need to go back and listen to it immediately. Um, can you tell our listeners where to find and follow you to keep up with your story? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me. It was a blast. So excited about your podcast. Oh, thank and you. If you go to Katie M, M is in Martha. Uh-huh. Not really, but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> Reed, R-E-I-D. So KatieMReed.com. You can find information about the book. I have some music out there. You can find that there. Um, and then on Facebook, same thing, Katie M. Reed. Instagram, it's Katie underscore M underscore Reed. But would love to connect. And I love to encourage try hard women to just walk in freedom because yes. by God's grace, he's helped, he's helped me and is helping me move from just that hired help mentality to living as a beloved daughter. And I just want to see other people set free. And you're so good at it. I mean, even before we stepped into recording a podcast together, just following you on Instagram, you're so encouraging. So I highly recommend that people find you and connect with you. All of your links will be in your show notes, which is confessionsofacrappychristian.com. You can follow her on all of the things over there. Thank you so much. Well, thanks so much and keep doing what you're doing. so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.